I'm Kim Beller. And this is Art Nest Podcast, where we share authentic conversations about art, our artful lives and our practice, and probably everything in between. We're about to get raw and authentic with you. Well, hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, Leslie. Yes, here we are. Here we are at my house, and I think I would like to share our experience we just had. Oh, ooh, okay. Let's do it. Whoa. It's the weekend. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that was so awesome. So, Leslie and I, okay, if you've listened to other podcast episodes, you know that Leslie is working towards her forest therapy certification. It is amazing because I get to do these little fun forest therapy sessions with Leslie because Mm -hmm. she has to practice, you know. So we just went out into the woods, to the woods and had the nicest experience and enjoyed another one of Leslie's invitations Mm -hmm. is what she calls it. Mm -hmm. And you tell, you tell what you invited me to do when we got out there because I loved that. The invitation was for you to wander out into the woods and find a place that was calling to you. And I asked you to put your hand over your heart and sort of let that guide you to find a treasure. And it could have been something to hold, or it could have been just something that was bubbling up inside of you. And so I set you free for about 15, 20 minutes. And then I got to practice setting up what we call the tea ceremony or tea experience. And I brought along with me a special brew from home over the summer. I picked and dried spearmint that was growing on my land. So I brought some of that with me with the sweetest, heaviest teapot <laughs> that, that my mother gave me. Pot. Yes, it's it's a real Japanese teapot. It's and very cool. Mm, and then I brought along three cups, one for you, one for me, and one to share with the forest, which is traditional. And when you came back, you had some cool treasures in your hand. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things came Uh, on your walk, which is supposed to happen. Some memories and some special connections you made with those beings in the woods. And we shared a little bit of tea with the land and kind of gave back. I got to practice the whole experience. It was so peaceful. And I felt my as always, every time I walk into the woods, I always feel my breathing change. Even though I'm really mindful about my breathing to begin with, Mm -hmm. and I practice meditation regularly and all that, it just, it always shifts when I walk out into the woods. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of set me free to go looking about for what the forest had to share with me today, just for me, it's always interesting when you give those little invitations, Mm -hmm. uh, because I always set off in a direction that I know I'm supposed to go in, even though I don't really know why I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm going to Wilmington to take a class with my friend Donna Moore and to see a couple of other friends. So it's just so fun that I found mm-hmm. these these cool little things. I found some usnea and I found some beautiful ferns and some little dried, um, really pretty organic material. I don't even know what kind of mm-hmm. seed pods those are. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then I found, I call them shelf mushrooms. Yeah. That shelf mushroom is so cool, and it reminds me of an oyster, the shape of it. I might even put a picture of it on my story under nature so that if anybody wants to check it out. But it reminds me of oysters, which reminds me of my childhood, which reminds me of my dad taking me oystering when I was a little girl. And, I mean, I spent many times out in the sound with my dad and in the marsh and just riding around in his boat with him. And that reminds me so much of an oyster, right? That it really looks it's like so a, cool. I love it's like a forest lips. oyster. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love how you also made the connection that, you know, things that you find on different coasts or different landscapes a lot of the things resemble them, resemble each other. Yeah, like in nature, so yeah. many things repeat patterns in different places. Yeah, but I, I, love I think it. I think uh, you you had a really great experience because you were open to it. You slowed down, which mm-hmm. is exactly what this practice is about. Mm-hmm. And we like to say that the the forest is the therapist, yeah, and the guide opens the door. So, if my invitations are good, then. Uh, people will have those sorts of experiences and uh, deepen a relationship with themselves, with each other, mm-hmm. and with the forest. And with nature and the earth as a whole. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's such a great thing. I'm so glad you're doing it. And yeah. I'm glad that I get to play along with you. Yeah, it is really great. It's I can practice so and do a little awesome. homework with you. Yeah. So. And I have to say, too, when we got back, so when you called me back with the singing bowl, so mm-hmm. Leslie plays her singing bowl to call you back. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, Leslie has this amazing, gorgeous spread with a cantha blanket on the on the forest floor and then this beautiful mandala with with ferns and sticks around the teapot and then she found like this little um like tree bark kind of I don't even know like it 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 just was a a a whole tree bark that was rounded and I called it a bark boat (laughs) a bark boat I mean and so she had the little um rose quartz crystals in there and the teacups and some more ferns it was just really beautiful and and just peaceful and magical and welcoming so that was a a nice little touch and of course you with your artistic flair and your way of (laughs) making things come together and look beautiful I I would expect nothing less but it was just really nice oh yeah, yeah really nice beautiful presentation. Ah, I love it. <laughs> and I have to say that that part of the practice is really what kind of drew me in, you know, sharing tea with somebody or breaking bread with somebody or complete strangers sometimes really brings you together mm-hmm. and, and helps you process what you just experienced by sharing it sometimes out loud, sometimes not. Some people choose not to share and that's okay too. But it's it's all just swirling around this setup and our tea. So you're you're kind of taking a little piece of somebody home with you in their experience. So the shared experience, I think, is really, really important. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That was yeah. really nice. And so now we're here inside. I was thinking that it would be fun to talk about art and how our art changes over the years. Mm-hmm. For me, that's really relevant right now, and I just thought this would be a fun conversation to have. If you're an artist, I bet you have experienced that Mm -hmm. exact thing. Maybe you started out as 
I'm a watercolor artist and I work with watercolors and that's what I do and that's all I'm doing. I love watercolors. And then one day you saw somebody doing a collage and you were like, oh, ooh, that looks fun. I'm going to try that. And so then you're like, mm, watercolor was fun, but I really love this collage. <laughs> and so that's how I am. I think this is kind of a universal thing for artists. I'm not really sure though. Yeah. Kind of switching it up and changing gears and maybe someone who was a potter decided they would really rather work with watercolors yeah. or vice versa, whatever. Yeah. How, what do you think? Do you, well, have you done that? I have. I've jumped around so much over the years. I can remember going through a whole painted furniture phase. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> See? That was so fun. And I thought, this is it. And I would go <laughs> thrift shopping and find mm-hmm. that ugly piece and turn it into something super fun. I did the same thing, you know. And some pieces came out really really nice mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that. But then it kind of got old because my lifestyle anyway, I had to get rid of this furniture before the next move came up, the next military, you know, set of orders. It's like, okay, what am I doing with all this furniture now? And sometimes a big life crucible will hit and just the only way you know how to process, maybe it's grief or a move or a divorce or, oh, so many crazy things happen in our lives. Uh, Sometimes we'll turn to art to help us get through it and process it. Now is a perfect example of that with the pandemic. A lot of people have turned to either handwork, mm-hmm. artwork, learning a new skill. So I think it's like I think it's a, a number of influences that that change our work. But for me, I I think a lot of it has to do with my lifestyle and moving around well the world really because I've been overseas and different influences, cultural influences um will inspire me to try something new. So mm-hmm. I know that I know that you spent a lot of time in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. What is your earliest memory and what what did you make? My earliest memory is me sitting at my kitchen counter when I was a little girl, maybe like five. Okay. With watercolors that I had gotten. And there and my mom took a picture of it and I have that picture. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so funny that I was like, literally art was there at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so watercolor, (laughs) but really I would say more collage art journaling. Mm -hmm. Art journaling has been my jam for a long time. And while that has changed over the course of the years, the uh, techniques and the ways that I go about my journal and the things that I put in my journal, definitely a big, big change Mm -hmm. over the years. And you can see the progression. If you look at the journals from way, way long ago, like taking old book covers and tearing all the pages out, putting holes in the spine and putting new pages in with wire through those holes. I mean, just crazy stuff. And then putting like photos and love notes and things like that. From that to where I am now, it's, it's changed a lot. Right. And I love looking back at those. Were there life events that really impacted the way you did art or made art? 
Yes. Yeah. We talked about this before when we were talking about on, in the art journaling episode, yes, actually. Yes. So that would come um, in your journals. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I think the biggest thing in my world that literally knocked me off my axis was when my mom died. Mm. And during that time, and I've said it before, my art journal saved me. Mm. I mean, for me to be able to go into that journal and put down what I needed to get out, it really helped me a lot. Mm. And when I look back at that, I can literally feel being there. Yeah. Which, for a while, I couldn't even look at those journals. But now I'm like, oh, wow, that was a really tough time. And it's okay. Yeah. And you're glad you captured it. I mean, some of my best poetry ever came from that dark time. Yeah. And it's in the journal. Well, I went went from furniture to pen and inks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is it. This is my calling. It became not fun. So yeah. I'm like, okay, we, it's time to switch gears again. And then... The wood signs. I remember you talking about the I signs. I did a lot of... Yeah, so that kind of goes into like the whole craft thing. I think I did a lot of crafting. Yeah, I remember uh, you talking about that. Home is where the heart is. You know, <laughs> corny stuff like that. Aww. Then I started tapping into images of strong women. And I know that that came from being alone during deployments because my husband did three tours and, you know, people will ask, well, how did you do it? And I don't know how I did it, but you just do it. That concept to me was super important in my artwork. So I found a lot of my art 10, 15 years ago focused on women And usually there was a path or a road that kept emerging. It is a journey. In a lot of ways, I I was able to rediscover myself and find that independence to get me through these tough times. And it's it just kind of keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And um, so I know that those deployment years were were a huge impact on on how I used art to to help me get through tough times. I love the piece that you have uh, in Rob's office uh, hanging on the wall over the sofa. Oh, yeah. I love that piece. I'm I'm imagining you did that while he was deployed, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was really beautiful. And maybe you could put a picture of that up on your story. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, Um, that was one of my favorite pieces. Oh, I just love that. Yeah, that one. Really beautiful. That one I sort of did for the spouses and, and it it basically broke down the uh, flag for the unit that we were affiliated with, but I I chose this woman because she she I think she just represented such a large part of of the the sisterhood I call it yeah so I kind of broke down that flag all the different elements of the flag and retold the story mm-hmm. disassembled it and retold it from. A, a strong woman's point of view. So that was that was a fun piece. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I was saying is I think this is universal. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, people listening, if they can relate. Like, oh, yeah, this is definitely yeah. my experience too. But yeah, think about the history of the masters and their uh, journeys through their own art life, mm-hmm. like Picasso mm-hmm. and Matisse and... Just how the they started out with that more kind of representational art, and then they went to abstract and modernist. And he was also an example of how somebody can deal with grief because 
he had he had what they refer to as the blue period or the blue era where a lot of his paintings had this wash of blue and I think it helped express his sadness for a friend that had passed away I think that's the story yes so a lot of his paintings during that period reflected that sadness and grief that he Mm -hmm. was trying to process and then coming up with collage him and the cubist artist Brock which was totally different than the other things he was doing. Yeah. So it's, he was dabbling in all kinds of cool things. Which kind of gave me permission mm-hmm. to do some of those same things. Like, well, if he can do it, then I can jump around too. Well, you know? isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> if Picasso can do it, yeah, we can, can do, do it. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting how things change over time. And for me right now, I have kind of switched gears. I'm still working in journals, but the journaling is different. And the journal is really informing my work these days. Mm-hmm. So from the journal to the canvas, has a there's a bridge there that is really showing up. And you mentioned this when we were talking about that in the art journaling episode, how you even noticed things from my journal, like symbols and birds and ladders and that would show up in paintings, but it's happening more now than ever. So I think that's really cool from the journal to the canvas, but then also I've gotten really back to abstract Mm -hmm. and I've been loving working on abstract paintings. So that's been fun. And for you, I see, I don't know that it's changing so much like changing mediums or anything, but the subjects, the subject matter, Mm -hmm. which I think your forest therapy is really informing your work right now. It totally is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would, I would say that, you know, I've always been in love with nature as you have too, Mm -hmm. but being connected this way and reminded in this way that we are all nature and how important it is to maintain that relationship now more than ever. I just think yeah. people become numb with all of the social media Me stuff too. and TV and movies and commercialism and all the violence and the news and the just the separation in this country. You know, people just kind of check out. If they just stepped outside... Even if you have a balcony, go outside and try to just connect in some way with the sky, with the birds, with a house plant, whatever it is. I I just think people have lost that nature connection. I do too. So yeah, it is a huge influence for me now. I'm finding there's a little bit of a naturalist side to me coming out. I'm trying to uh, replicate things that I see in nature, patterns that I see, colors that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a huge impact. I'm excited to see where where it takes you. It's and been... you too, because you've been on this journey with me. I know, <laughs> I know. And I'm excited about some of our endeavors coming up too yeah. that we can talk about later. You know, honestly, I think that Dr. Estes and Julia Cameron are probably <laughs> feeling left out these days because we haven't been mentioning them. I haven't been dropping names lately. On the podcast. Mm-hmm. Women Who Run With The Wolves. We've talked about that multiple yeah. times, especially yeah. in the first few episodes. But we both, and anyone who's, who has been inspired to pick up the Women Who Run With The Wolves book, I personally am one to skip around in books like that. Mm-hmm. And I've had this book for many years and have skipped around many times and read it through. It's just like one of those books that I go back and forth all yeah. through. 
And um, it's kind of like a reference book. It know? is. You kind of just pick a chapter that's kind of I feel like something you're, you're led going to to find these things. Yeah. But I would invite everyone listening to check out chapter ten, and it's called "Clear Water: Nourishing the Creative Life." Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. juicy and I love it. so good. And yeah. Leslie, you've been reading a little bit of it too. Do you have any nuggets that stand out to you or? Well, yeah. I mean, particularly in that first part of the chapter, it kind of got me worried because, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I have expressed to you that I'm in a little bit of a slump or funk or a pause as we have referred to it right, before. Right, right. I I haven't been producing a lot of work lately and I I don't know what that is about um but some of this chapter alluded to you know maybe you need to get refocused and really work on uh you know your practice what you're called to do because if you avoid it you you lose you you kind of lose your vision and your gift. I mean, practice makes perfect. I've remember myself showing up to an empty canvas and just like, well, what do I do now? It, it just start, you know, just start. Put a layer on, mm-hmm. and it, and then it, one thing leads to another. So I don't I don't know if this book is trying to remind me to get to get back in my lane. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, could and, be. and and just show up because I haven't been doing that lately. So I, I feel like this this chapter is a reminder of of what's important in your art practice. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I do like the sound and the feel of the word pause because mm-hmm. it's like our our choice to yeah. pause. Yeah. And it gives us this time to kind of go within. We're in chapter 10. You and I are kind of reading that together. Mm-hmm. But then the chapter before that, which is called Returning to Oneself. The one thing that stood out to me when you were talking about that is there's a it's called the practice of intentional solitude. Uh so in this chapter And this is something that makes me think of both of us, too, because we've talked about, especially in winter, like this kind of hibernation time. And I'm really feeling that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm feeling productive and I'm feeling I have a good energy flow going, but I'm also feeling really drawn to just kind of hunker down and enjoy this peaceful winter time like the bears do. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hibernate. Yeah. But it does say in order to converse with the wild feminine, a woman must temporarily leave the world and inhabit a state of aloneness in the oldest sense of the word. Long ago, the word alone was treated as two words, all one, mm. which that to me is just, I love that yeah. to be all one meant to be wholly one, to be in oneness, either essentially or temporarily. This is precisely the goal of solitude, to be all one. And then she goes on to say, solitude is not an absence of energy or action, as some believe, but rather a boon of wild provisions transmitted to us from the soul. Mm, Mm. That's beautiful. Is that not just, I mean, her words, we always just get so wooed by her words. But yeah, I mean, I've marked up chapter 10 too a lot. Off and on, I mean, probably some of these are from now and some are from other times, but there's just so many good things in chapter 10. Do you Uh, ever feel, you know, sometimes we have lots of interests. Do you sometimes punish yourself 
(laughs) Like, I can't crochet. I have paintings to do. Are you crazy? You know, I can't make jewelry now. I have paintings to do. I have real work to do. Oh, that's interesting. That has come up recently. For one thing... I actually started a little project kind of as little gifty kind of fun things. Mm -hmm. And I made these little molds from like Sculpey clay. And then I imprinted like all these cool things from nature in them to make a mold Mm. so that I could then pour my plaster in. So now my next step is to get them all sanded up and painted and, but I'm like, I can't do that because I'm working on all these abstract paintings. Right. So they're kind of sitting there up on my desk waiting. and waiting for me to come to them. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're mentioning this because I feel like we have to give ourselves permission to play. That's the play part. That's the fun part. First of all, for me too, painting is fun, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. We love painting. But that are, those are those little fun things. The crocheting, I mean, we talked about this in our two episodes ago. Right. My grandma Lou taught me how to crochet. Yeah. You're, you bet I'm going to be crocheting. I know. Haven't done it in a little while, so maybe yeah. you, you're encouraging me right now yeah. and inspiring me to pick it up again. But yeah, I, I do feel that. Are you feeling that too? I do. I do because the, there is a, well, just, it's a, it's a lovely wintry hibernating fun thing to do to sit Mm -hmm. down with some nice yarn and just stay cozy on the couch and and you know just crochet it's it's just a fun thing to do and you're right I I don't know why it's 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 like well after you finish this painting then you can you can crochet or then you can sand those sculptures down and paint them no Everybody wants to talk. The cats are talking. The dog's talking. (laughs) So, no, I love that you brought that up. I'm going to be more mindful about that. Giving yourself permission to... to... Giving ourselves permission, and especially the month of December. I mean, I love getting crafty. Yeah. I love getting crafty right now. So I do want to make that time for myself. And don't Um, you think that's part of what you read? That that's mm -hmm. something part of your soul. It is. That's calling you to, to... Hey, you know what? Put the paintbrush down and maybe harness some energy into crafting something. And a lot of times when we harness that energy and we do that, Mm -hmm. then that leads us to the next creative thing on the canvas. Just like I was talking about the journal to the canvas. Right. So that's a really good point. And there's something in here that I'm feeling led to read. I don't know. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. Uh, creating one thing at a certain point in the river feeds those who come to the river, feeds creatures far downstream, yet others in the deep. Creativity is not a solitary movement. That is its power. Mm. Whatever is touched by it, whoever hears it, sees it, senses it, knows it, is fed. That is why beholding someone else's creative word, image, idea fills us up, inspires us to do our own creative work. A single creative act has the potential to feed a continent. One creative act can cause a torrent to break through stone. Wow. That's pretty good. I like that. I don't know why I was just feeling like I needed to read that. That sums up exactly what we're talking about. And to the being outside. Mm -hmm like we just were. I just feel some inspiration coming through from that, Mm -hmm. which again, 
has already been happening for both of us from our experiences out in the forest to the canvas or the paper, mm-hmm. whatever, the journal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I'm feeling a lot of creativity, and it's interesting because usually after our conversations, I do. Yeah. And by doing, by doing that, by answering that and sharing it, which a lot of people choose not to share because maybe they're not in a place yet, they feel confident enough to share. If you don't, so many people are missing out on mm-hmm. being fed and your work is helping them answer bigger issues, bigger problems. You had a friend recently buy a piece of art from you that just spoke to her and she had to have it. That I think speaks to what you just read. That's true. And who knows who walks into her house, they might see it and just fall in love with it too. And, and want more, you know, want more of Kim Beller. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be nice. It's important that people remind themselves of that Mm -hmm. because so often they'll talk themselves out of starting a painting or a craft or whatever it is. They'll talk themselves out of it because, oh, somebody else already does that Mm -hmm. or they do it better than I do. And you're actually doing the world a disservice by not putting yourself out there. And that's your gift and you're supposed to share it. I have actually been there where I've thought, oh gosh, everybody, you know, so many people are doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't need to start a podcast. There's already a gazillion right? podcasts about know. art. Like, what the heck but are we guess doing? what? We are having fun. Mm-hmm. So it's, I like that we, yeah, I think definitely go for it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Put, put wow. yourself out there. Part of being an artist is seeing the evolution in your art. And do whatever you're called to do. Mm-hmm. It's good for us to explore new avenues and find new things that we like to play with. You know, we don't have to stick to one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and also, it doesn't, it doesn't absolutely have to revolve around uh, art supplies or different mediums. What if you decide you want to be a writer? Mm-hmm. You know? What if you answer <gasps> that, Kim? Well, <laughs> are you getting to what I think you're getting to that time I mentioned that to you and Rob? Yeah. I mean, there is. We're not little... going to talk about it because I do have a book idea is... in my soul, right. but it hasn't, it hasn't come up yet. But I do have to say, because I, I, I do this to myself. I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't know anything about writing, yeah. but I do have a book in my head. Yeah. I have the whole story in my head. Uh-huh. I just don't know how to articulate it, but that's okay. It might come out one day. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? Well, I think we've mentioned a few things that we've done. I will go ahead and post some pictures of uh, my tea experience with you Uh on my stories. Maybe a picture or two of what I've been working on lately Uh so folks can see. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it simple this Christmas. Um, Oh, us too. But who knows what 2022 holds? What new things are we going to start up? Hmm. Well, I know we have one thing brewing, but we'll keep that a little bit longer. Under, we'll, I think we'll it's We'll keep fun. that under wraps. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed episode 12 of Artness Podcast. And if you do enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to and share with your friends and follow us on Instagram share our stories so that other people will enjoy listening too. And one thing I want to mention is that I invite you to go to my website, just kimbellerart.com 
and sign up for my email. Mm -hmm. I just started this and I haven't even sent an email yet, but I would love for you to sign up for my email list and I promise I won't bombard your inbox and send you a bunch of stuff, but I will send some little tidbits of some joy and love and magic sometimes. So that's um, cool. Yeah. So sign up. Definitely. Good, good. And you can go to my website too and just look at some art. Look at some art and buy it. (laughs) Buy the art. Buy local art, especially Especially mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a great rest of your day, night, morning, whatever, and um, tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Leslie's going to go pee now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me laugh.